0: Hi, my name is Maurice Bernard and this is State of Mind. You may know me from my role on General Hospital, but what you might not know is that I've been a proud mental health advocate for over 30 years. State of Mind is a show where I speak about my mental health, my life with bipolar, anxiety, depression, and have guests who share about their life and their mental health. I hope that by listening, you can be inspired, learn about mental illness, and ways to have a healthy state of mind. All right. Um, state of mind. Uh, I'm a little nervous today. <laughs> uh, more A little more than usual. Because I have somebody here who is... I hate to say legend because that's so... I don't know what that is. Yeah. He's done movies. He's written a book. He's, he, let, let's just let's put the cards on the table. Well, first I want to say this. When I text him and I said, um, I'm real intimidated because, you know, you're so worldly or whatever I said, he said, let's just shoot the shit. Exactly. So that, that uh, calmed me down. But uh, Mr. Eric Brain is here. He—he's not just the man on Young and the Restless or soap operas. He is the man in the history of soap operas. Let's just put the cards right there. That's just the way it is. Anyway, what's up, Eric?
1: Brother, I was very happy when you called me. Of course, I said yes immediately. I respect you enormously. Respect your work, and here we are. Dang. Brothers in arms, you know?
0: Thank you for being here. I really been
1: doing it. the same thing for how long now?
0: Well, you've been doing it, I've what, been doing it 20, oh, no, but we're well, on General Hospital 29 years.
1: I've been in the business since 62, Ninety-sixty-two. So we're talking about 40, yeah. 40, no, we're 62, my God. How over 60 years now? No. Yeah. I st- my first film was in 1962. A dreadful film called Operation Eichmann. They had just caught Adolf Eichmann in Argentina, and Werner Klemperer played Colonel Klink on Hogan's Hero. Yeah, 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 I love Hogan. Played Eichmann. And the tragically ironic thing is that Werner Klemperer was the son of a German Jew, Otto Klemperer, who was a six foot five giant and a conductor. And Werner was condemned to play Nazis. Yeah, yeah. And he had been kicked out of Germany. Anyway, that was the first step into the water, 1962.
0: Okay, you know, on State of Mind, I think it's going to go here, it goes there, it goes everywhere, and I I love it. I said, well, we're going to go right into this. You have worked with people, I'm so jealous, no, no, I'm serious, who you have worked with. So I'm going to go straight here, and that is Marlon Brando. Yep. Please, tell me, Eric, <laughs> whatever you want.
1: <laughs> well, by your acting, I can, I can sense that you sort of... Yes. He was an idol of
0: yours. Yeah, Al Pacino, yeah, Marlon right. Brando,
1: right? And uh, Brando, I did a film with him called Moritori. in 1965, the 20th. It was called Moritori to That means, we who are about to die salute you. Caesar said that. And um, about the Second World War, and took place on a ship, and we filmed it off Catalina Island Mm -hmm. on a New Zealand boat with a Chinese crew. And every day... Two hundred extras on the on the ship. Wow. I played a radio operator. A German radio operator. <laughs> and Brando played a German spy. Oh. And we talked a lot about German history. He had done the Young Lions before.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So he was very interested in in, in history of the Second World War, history of Germany. And we talked a lot about Prejudices, and he talked a lot about American Indians, yeah, you, well, and the yeah. treatment of Native Americans, yeah. and uh, so we talked mostly about history and politics, rarely about acting. You, I said, "I didn't like acting." So no, that's so funny. I said, um, "He says, listen, you're too bright. Don't don't become an actor. Something else. This is just you I said, why do you say that, man? I said, you're an iconic figure. All of us. Yes. You're the iconic figure amongst actors in the world. Right. In the world. Yes. And he said, uh, I said, how was the actor's studio? How was that experience? He said, I picked up a lot of women. So, <laughs> so do you honestly think at least Rosberg was going to tell him shit? No. Of course not. <laughs> Nothing. You know? So... He was arguably one of the most charismatic figures I've ever met in my life. And why? why? Why would you? It's an inner power. An inner power. Inner power. Inner power. An inner anger at what I have Ooh. no idea, but he's an inner power. And you said he didn't, he didn't care what people thought of him? No, I couldn't care less. He was, in that sense, you could have said he was a sociopath. Was like he didn't, Really? He didn't care what anyone said. Couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. And He disliked the medium in which he was brilliant. Absolutely. One of the most prodigiously gifted actors I've ever seen. Yeah. But he was also very sadistic. He had a scene where he had to go in the bows of the ship down to the engine room. It took them all day to set that up. The director was Bernard Vicky, a German guy, who directed a famous small film called The Bridge. And about the end of the Second World War, and he had a heart problem, and he was always nervous. And yeah, and we were about to shoot now. Is Marlon ready? Yeah, and uh, they waited eight hours to get the shot set up, very careful lighting and all that. And quarter four, they're ready. Yeah, get Marlon now. So. Marlon goes out Yeah, Marlon, I want you to up here, then you go down to the engine, and then you do this, you know, and then you walk up again, yeah? Yeah, okay. Hold it a minute, one second. Uh, okay. So finally, he does, right? Now by this time, it's about three minutes to four. Time had gone by. Between him coming to the point. set and the shot so he walks down the stairs, gets to that point, looks at his watch. And then, See you tomorrow.
0: No, yeah.
1: because he had a four o'clock out. He had a four o'clock ah. out. I've never seen anything like it. I felt. Sorry for the director. Sorry for the crew. Sorry. Yeah, yeah right. And was a little, not a little bit, but rather embarrassed about that. So he time. wouldn't take ten more minutes to. No, well, because part of him resented the business, resented producers, resented studios. I have no idea where that came from. I don't understand. It. And uh, that is one of those stories. Otherwise, we threw the football to each other at 20th Century Fox, when 20th was still a studio. Yeah. with The entire back lot of Century City. there was all back lot. Wow. It wasn't Century City yet.
0: Mm. So. Now, how do you, how do you feel about, because I, I have, I'm working, and I think I'm getting there at, now at my age, not caring what people think, because I believe somebody who's mentally ill and I want to get into this with you, too, how when where you grew up, what, how did they view mental health? But I think a lot of my problem has been that I cared way too much what people think. I don't know where you stand there. You seem to me, you don't care what people think, or do you?
1: Well, that isn't true. Oh. Because that, that is not true. I, I cannot say that. It's an interesting question. Um, Because I'm feeling free now, not
0: caring as much.
1: Well, I don't care that much. Okay. But I'm I'm defiant. In other words, if you don't like it, it's okay, really? You don't? Come here, brother. You understand? It depends on how I'm approached. I'm the same. In the end, I don't care. In the end, I don't care. In the end, I've learned a long time ago. As a, as a kid in school. Did you work on not caring? Or no. You, you just, it happened. No, it came? I lost my father when I was 12. Yes. And I was very close to him. And I grew up with three brothers. We fought all the time. We Fought all the time. I had to rein that in. Not to say, hey, what do you want? Yeah. And uh it was tough after the war. You can imagine. A lot of poverty around you hard work, hard work. I've earned my money since I was 12 years old. Farms oh, yeah. and everything. And so you grow up, you become your own father. When you lose your father at that age, you become defiant and angry, mm-hmm. and you, you resent authority, or arbitrarily imposed authority. hmm I will still do that with directors. I said, What did you say just now? Come here. Don't you talk to me like that, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I still do that. Always have done that. From early on. Yeah. Not caring whether I lost a job or not. I will not take shit from anyone. Wow. And that has served me well over the years. I have used whatever whatever neuroses or whatever one has, I've never thought about it particularly. I've used it. I've used my anger in acting. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I think what makes you interesting as an actor is with you also one fears a threat. Yeah. One fears an underlying threat. And I think that comes from an early deep hurt. Yes. Of saying, you know. you absolutely right. You become very sensitized to that. I mean, I challenged a teacher. I was about 14. Yeah. And I just knocked someone out after a gym class. And um, a teacher came in. I said, you want something to do? I was 14. And that led to them wanting to throw me out of school. So then they came over to visit my mother and she very wisely said, how do you think I deal with four of those strong-headed boys and you as men can't deal with one? That made sense. It yeah. kept me in school. And wow. I was also good in sports. That helped me a great deal. You know, discus and javelin. And, oh, oh. and track and field. Oh, And mostly track and field. But I was good in gymnastics and everything. Wow. And that served me well. And what about school, how was school? School was, not very good teachers, very strict teachers. Guys who'd come back from the Second World War, tough guys, harsh, military, discipline, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I rebelled against it all. I was good in English, always, good in languages, very good, strange enough, in reciting poetry and reading aloud. In German school, you are tested on how well you interpret a classical text, or any text they give you. You had Thomas Mann, Schiller, Goethe, whatever it is. I was very good at that. Why, I don't know. I have no clue.
0: Yes, I mean.
1: No clue, none.
0: Now, reading out loud, for me, was horrible. I, and I was in school, all I did is cheat all my way through school yeah. oh yeah high school cheated every day no even me. got caught yeah. and my even even now I'm, i i'm not sure whether i graduated or not because my wife says i didn't because they were looking through something <laughs> so i think i did but anyway um but to to stand up in front of class you, <laughs> you could do
1: that you could just recite didn't bother me Damn. It, it, i mean I had the normal kind of anxiety as everyone does yeah. when you perform, it didn't bother me beyond that. I then got into it you know, and I don't know why. My brothers don't have that, they were never asked really. My father was mayor of the town I grew up in and he gave speeches maybe from him, I never heard one of them, he died too early and uh, I don't know, I don't know why. As a boy, that's a, that's it was lonely long nights yeah. in northern Germany yeah. where it's bloody cold. You know, it's hamlet weather. Yeah. And having nothing. We had no hot running water. Wow. No central heating. Well then, you know. And the thing that saved me girls in sports. That's what saved me. I love it. Seriously. <laughs> looking forward to yeah yeah, I was always in love, yeah, you know, but looking forward uh, to meeting with them, to have a rendezvous with them on a bicycle in the yeah. cold winter, you know, throwing little rocks at the window, and she would come down, and the sound that was just yeah filled my heart with joy,
0: you know i was I was going through your book again, uh, and I learned more history than I think I ever have in any school that I've been in, but um, as I was. This is just a it was a moment as as I read in your book that you were twelve when your dad died. Uh-huh. A song came on. I was listening to music, and exactly that moment that I read that, a song came on by Peter Gabriel called "Father and Son," uh-huh. and it I started uh-huh. crying, man. Uh-huh. It was like, the, it was a, it was a, a beautiful moment, yeah. but it was a deep moment because my father just died six months ago. Mm-hmm. But right when I was reading your little passage, this song comes on. And I was like, oh, woo. Just thought I'd throw that in. Yeah. Um, let's talk about rage. Well, I mean, we kind of talked about it, but uh, you and I seem to have that. and. Yeah. I think you hit it on the spot. It comes from something that's happened when you were very young.
1: Yes. But sports taught me to control it. Good point. I boxed early on for a while. but Then I had too many concussions. Sports between 9 and 12. Yeah. Anyway, uh, sports taught me to control it. And sports also taught me to control one's emotions when you have to perform. Because in whatever you do, the team that we won the German Youth Championship of the entirety of Germany. And Germany was very good in sports and track field, so we had a hell of a team. So you learn to really focus. When you throw the discus or the shot put or javelin, whatever the case may be, also around the 400, you learn to focus. Boom.
0: Yes, yes. Boom. And
1: there's no bullshit. That's it. But Eric, no bullshit. You performed.
0: Don't that. you think it's also, I mean, I think I've realized this now, and I've heard it my whole career, my whole life. Relaxation is the key, man. So what? Relaxation to relax.
1: Oh yeah, but I relax. You're a, yeah. See, I. Oh, I. Uh, I, I re, uh, no. I relax. You are relaxed that's after beautiful. sports. I relax. I just. I still. That's. It's the best pill in the world. I know. It's, you know, sex and sports. <laughs> two best pills in the world. The drugs is all bullshit. it's Nonsense. You know? I, I'm with you. It's, <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> yes, you know. Italy. Yes, that feeling you get right after. Oh, it's that beautiful. Oh my God. You know, I mean that is sometimes so intense that I think uh, I claim that some of the first moments of spirituality in people come from that intimate moment yes, I mean it no, I'm it's, with you it's it's well, people don't talk about it very often, but i that's when you feel a kind of oneness with someone else and uh, and sports relaxes me. you know I still box a lot but Eric, in the heavy bag I'm with
0: you on this because I boxed for twenty five years here's what happened to me. We'll get into a little mental health now um I was boxing. And I haven't boxed since the pandemic. I had a rough time during the pandemic with the horrible anxiety that happened. But I haven't boxed, and I'm much better, it seems like, without boxing. What happened is I think with boxing, the stress from feeling like I'm going to get hit mm-hmm. and so exhausted and always f- f- the fear, of the, I, my hands would shake. I well, get that it's I love boxing, like you love boxing.:
1: Walking into the ring, as my old coach Henry Davis down 70th and Hoover would say, "Eric, walking into the ring is like walking through fire. I know it is. It really is. Look, we all have fears. Yes. It's a question of overcoming them. And it's OK, boom. And when you know when the first thing has been yeah, thrown,: I get it, You get over it. I get it. Now I don't spawn him.
0: Oh, so I'd hit the heavy bag. Oh, uh, yeah, that's what I do. I, that's I don't all right. I don't I'm fine play. with that. But getting in the ring, maybe for somebody who suffers from bipolar and, you know, anxiety and now all. Well, let that me stuff.
1: ask you, what, what is bipolar exactly?
0: Bipolar is no, there's no really, it's a, a chemical, imba- chemical imbalance, could be from her- hereditary. Um, when I go through a manic episode, uh, well, I'll just talk about the last one. The last time I had a nervous breakdown, I quit right when I started General Hospital. Three weeks in, I quit. I wanted to become a preacher, walk around with no shoes on.
1: By the way, I had that desire as well. But oh, you did? Long before, when I All was right. 14, 15. But let's, That's go a, on, tell me
0: more. Um, and then what happened in that, that time, it was a bad situation because ah, so a lot went on and I get emotional. But um, I realized that I was abused And then that I abused my little dogs that I had. Mm -hmm. That's when I realized that one night. And then I went and got some wine, drank the whole bottle of wine, Mm -hmm. and then uh, I threatened to kill my wife. Holy shit! Yeah, Yeah. and her—I've never seen it, maybe in movies. She her knees were under the table. That's, she was crying and I said, if you keep crying, I'm gonna kill you. But she, you know, she says, cause I was on Oprah talking about this. Oprah said, did you think he was gonna kill you? And my wife said, I didn't know. And I'm like, cause in my mind, even during that manic episode, I believe that I'm playing a game, but she doesn't know. She's scared. And she said, it wasn't him. He had black eyes, he looked different. What a trip, man. But, if, but I, Eric, I've been on my medication. I feel like we're in this therapy session. Yeah. I've been on my medication for, for 30 years, haven't had a breakdown. The only thing that scares me is anxiety. But I got to tell you, because anxiety is like Freddy Krueger right here. Uh-huh. And when anxiety comes, I've been off two planes uh-huh. uh, during the pandemic. Wanted to end my life every day. Because anxiety scares the fuck out of me. Do you have anxiety?
1: <sighs> Only very specific. Yeah. You and I are in this wonderful profession where we have to learn a lot of lines. Yes. Sometimes we say, "Oh shit," I look at it too late. You know.
0: Yes. Say, oh. oh yeah, 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 right.
1: Then I feel a little anxiety. Okay. Little. Yeah. Um, felt a lot of anxiety. Always. Always before opening night, in theater. Oh, man. I did Broadway in 1965 with Geraldine Page and Kurt oh, Jung yeah. and Clarence Williams III at the Eugenio Neo Theater yeah. in, in New York. And I made the extreme mistake of looking through the curtain to see Ooh. who was sitting in the front row Tennessee Williams, Lee Strasberg, Kirk Douglas, and Bancroft sitting there. And I looked and I said, I suddenly felt like an absolute fraud. I said, what the fuck am I doing here? I've been in the country for, at that time for about six years, five, six years. And I said, what am I doing here? Never been as panicked in my life. So from there, I looked at that. I said, oh. So I got so panicked. I went to the stage door and I said, you know, Little boy from Germany, the fuck cares? I just disappeared into the night in New York. I have an understudy. I literally was that panicked. So then I said, We well, can't do that. So then I was sharing a dressing room with Logan Ramsey, a southern actor. He said, Son, you nervous? I said, Am I nervous? You got anything to drink? He said, I'll get some brandy, small brandy. <laughs> I drank the whole fucking bottle. No. Yes. Didn't make a dent. Because I was playing competitive soccer then on the side. Yeah. And I ran up and down the stairs to calm down. It didn't make a dent. Nothing worked. I said, Oh my God, I was panicked. That's that's yeah. Really panicked. Yes. So then suddenly this defiant thing came up in me. And I went back and I opened the curtain and I said, You sons of bitches would not intimidate me. No one would yeah. intimidate yeah. me. And that is what carried me on stage. Now,
0: see, that is a, that's a that panic attack, right? That's a, totally. a, but the thing that people don't understand is what you felt in that moment. I don't know how long it was, an hour, right? 50,
1: 20 minutes. When you suffer
0: from what I suffer from, That feeling, Eric, which I say to people, just recently somebody asked me, what's it it like? I said, it's like getting in the ring with Mike Tyson for two rounds, and he's going to come at you. Okay? It's two rounds, but he's going to come at you hard. That feeling, Eric, never leaves. That feeling doesn't leave. You had the feeling. I know you just expressed it. Right. So... It, it stays with you. It used to in the past, it's a day, a week. This last one during a pandemic, four months. Not, so why do you want to live?
1: It doesn't stay with me.
0: No, That's, that's kind of normal. That's cool, right? You can get a anxiety attack, and then you're, it's over in a couple of hours, whatever. This, this one did not leave. And look, I did it for four months. Some people, Eric, live with it every day of their life. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. wow!
1: Wow, that's an imprisonment. Yes, crippling, Eric. I had it again. Uh, about ten years ago. I did twelve monologues from nine Shakespearean plays. Twelve right. in one evening, right? And I was cramming monologues. Now something about discontent. Pa ba pa. And as the evening came closer, I would wake up at night and go to the John and see well, if there's no one in the mind to suffer the slings and now somebody's From Macbeth, from Jeez. Othello, from uh, Hamlet, from uh, Henry V. That's at Richard III. And. Worse and worse and worse. And for the first time in my life, never felt anything like it. I felt as if it, my vision was yes. like a tunnel. Yes. Does that ring a bell? Yes. Never had that before in my life. Nah. It's so like a tunnel. Boom. I thought, Jesus Christ, now I think I know what some people feel like. Mm. Talk about that. So then, on the drive to the theater, I thought, well, fuck it. Here I am. I may follow my ass. Mm-hmm. I may follow my ass. Mm-hmm. And that back and forth. Yeah. With saying screw it. Yeah. And saying, oh shit, what am I doing? Do you understand? You had. That's what you have to do. Yes. Yeah. back yeah. and forth. Sitting in the dressing room. I said, sir, you have uh, half an hour. You have 15 minutes. And I hear the people coming into the theater, right? Do you hear it? Yeah. As you know, actors are so yeah. acutely oh. aware of everything oh. us. Acutely, acutely aware. Acutely. And then, suddenly, and that comes from sports. I knew I how to perform. Whether you like it or not, I had to do it. Yeah. So they said, "Okay, fuck it, let's go." And then when I was out, and in Shakespeare monologues, it's so difficult. You know, we actors have a third ear. Yeah, yeah. Third eye. Yeah. yeah. We observe ourselves. Yeah, of course. And we know when we are real and when we are full of shit. Yes. We know that. I, yes. you. I know you know. Yeah, I do. You're yeah. a good actor. I'm so one. I know you know. And you know the moment, oh, God, there's not no Yeah. From a use of fire, whatever. And, so, and then you begin to recognize people in the audience. You know, then you look away. And then all this place in your head, pop pop, 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 Yeah. And yet, you stay focused somehow. And when I was finished with it all, I have never in my life felt such utter relief. Utter relief. (sighs) I invited whoever was there. I said, let's go to a restaurant in Santa Monica. Let's go, pay for everything. I was so relieved. I saw LA the next day. I said, what a beautiful city. (laughs) I was so relieved. Unbelievable.
0: But it's the sports that that has given you that other strength.
1: Yes. Um, Now, talking about, I'm sorry to say that, but there's so much to talk about because you ask such interesting questions. Talking about sports, when I played for the Maccabees, we played in the highest league at that time in America. We won the U.S. Championship in 1973. But whenever we had a big game the night before, I would already... Vision games. You had envision vision display, that play, blah, blah, blah. and then I went to a meditation class Ooh. in the '60s. Yeah, it was some Indian, yeah, mystic guy, mm-hmm. and I learned how to meditate. And before one game, I meditated, and I was so so calm. I didn't care anymore. So it was like, I guess I don't like uh, 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 pot. I tried yeah. it two or three times. Yeah, I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. But it was like that. I guess it's a complete feeling of relaxation. And I played like shit. Oh, Too relaxed. Much too relaxed. So I stopped it before games. But you can meditate after the game. I can meditate right now. <laughs> I can sit here right now and meditate. Right now. And... I know it's, but I stopped it before working out or before playing games. It relaxes me too much, too much doing this. Right. I,
0: I, I find with meditation that if I tell everybody, this meditation is great. Right. Wonderful. But when you, when you've gotten to the point with mental illness where you're, I say you want to stay in first, second gear. You go to third gear, you're all right. Don't go to fourth. And if you're in fifth, where I've been many times, you're fucked. Nothing helps, Eric. No meditation. No. The only thing that helped me, and I'm not a doctor or whatever, is Lexapro that saved my life yeah, yeah, yeah. during the anxiety. And because I was at times doing this, Eric. Have you ever, And I'm like, I've never done this. Shake. And I said to my wife, what is going on? She goes, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. But why am I shaking? Okay. Um, And lithium for my bipolar, I haven't had a breakdown in 30 years. But now I'm meditating. You got to stop it before it comes.
1: You You mean you got to stop the anxiety?
0: Yeah. The the way to prevent anxiety is not to have it happen. So I meditate. I do this. I'm talking to you. I I don't do yoga, but everybody tells me to do yoga. I work out, and uh, and that's how you prevent it because you don't want to get in fourth and fifth gear.
1: See, what what you're describing, I I don't know. I know feelings thereof as we discussed, but I don't know that point. Yeah, that's a bad point. It's always a point where I get into control. It's always a point where I control it. I know, I know, and, Eric, I, and I do that too. Yeah.
0: But uh, sometimes something happens, it takes me.
1: Right. It takes me. Right. And I can't bring yeah, it back. Yeah, interesting. When I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Yeah. But you see, that that what you right now, that's what makes you a good actor.
0: <laughs> you see? <laughs> Yeah. I want to talk to you about. We've had this. Has been a great. This has been a really uh, for me. It, By the way, all the yeah. good
1: actors, all the good artists,
0: have pain in them. I know. Have anger. I know. Eric, all of them. But my. But life is a bitch.
1: It can be. My
0: health is not good from being this kind of actor. Uh, you get me? I mean, I, I. I love it. I wish I. I mean, I love parts early on. I loved it. Don't you love when you do a good scene? Do you know what, Eric, just recently I do good scenes and I swear to God, my producer was right there and, and he goes, what's wrong? I said, it fucking hurts. And he goes, he laughed because we're have a good relationship, Frank. And I said, it hurts, man. It gets fucking pain in there. How does
1: it hurt you then?
0: Because the, it, it digs deep in there and.
1: Although you know that you have done a good scene. You, yes. and, I, you and I know yeah. that there are moments, yeah. and scenes, where you say, yeah. this is it.
0: But maybe it's because I've been doing this for so long.
1: Doesn't, it's still, I love it. I'm 81 years old. Good. That's beautiful. I still love it. Beautiful. When I do a good scene yeah. and it seems real on yeah. both sides, I say, great. I it work. should be that way. If it's not like that, I say, shit. God damn it. Then I'm in the dressing room. And I sit there sometimes and I say, wait a minute, replay that in my head. I said, that's how I should have done it. That's how I should have done it. I still have that. I know. But generally speaking, I feel great satisfaction afterwards if it's done well.
0: You know what? I did feel great satisfaction for like 20 years. Really? In the last 10 years, it's sometimes, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It feels, you know, uh, but, you know, it just always hits stuff in me really and 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 i don't know i don't want to put this on mental illness uh,
1: but maybe it's that that uh, is it that you're not happy with it or what what is it don't you have the same feeling after a good scene that that don't you
0: yes i have a good it's a, it, and it's not always but recently it's 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 happened where uh-huh. i do these good scenes i know it's good acting right because the, the actor in front of me shakes my hand and goes damn right and then I walk away and I go, uh, oh God, it hurts. It feels.
1: You feel it in the gut. Yes. No kidding. Yes. See, and I, I feel just. Damn. That's funny. That's
0: a. That's. That, I wish. I wish. Yeah. And it's not all the time. I'm not saying that now. People are gonna write. And go. Oh, now you're. You hate acting, you hate
1: general. <laughs> oh, no, he doesn't hate acting.
0: It's not like that. He's not like
1: that. He loves acting.
0: Yes, I love the overall, like Brando said, he hated acting. Well, he
1: doesn't. He, he, he didn't. He couldn't have hated it. And been, yeah, that's what and I said. been that good. Okay. He couldn't have hated it. He, it was just not enough for him. I think what, what Marlin. got bored? Was, I think what Marlon was, yes. What he was about is he had so many things to play and say. Yeah. His stardom limited him. His enormous stardom limited him. Right. And you and I both know that you know our roles limit us to a certain degree. Yeah, of course. And otherwise we would go fucking bananas. Yeah. So um, I think he simply had too much to express.
0: Yeah.
1: Titanic. What the 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 beautiful thing about Titanic
0: for me, Eric, and what you did and it, it, not okay. Doing the movie is fantastic and great, but the fact that, cause I, I don't have, I want to say, balls, but the the I guess you say balls, the strength you had to to be to go into auditions and and leave and I mean, I don't I, I'm like a, I'm like a scared kid when I audition. I used to be. I'm better now. Right. But, oh, no.
1: If they give me any condescending shit, I say, ready. Okay. <laughs> If they're late, I said, I was here on time. You'll be on time. Is that clear? <laughs> so, oh, yeah. This casting director, I come in. <laughs> right. And first I told the secretary, I said, look, I've been waiting for 10 minutes. I'll leave in two minutes if she's not here. That's amazing. She calls in. Okay, go ahead. I go in. <laughs> This this oh, she but. looks at me and says, What are you doing here? I said, I just asked myself the same question. You have a good day, goodbye. Walked out. I said, Duff. So, agency calls. Oh, they apologize and we love you right. to come back and then said, No come, no come back. So over and over again. So four weeks later I said, Why would I come back? No, James Cameron. Blah, 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 blah. I didn't realize that he had watched Colossus, the Forbin project, oh. a film I had started at Universal Studios. He loved it. I said one more time, I show up. So I asked the agent, I said, Give me some background on John Jacob Astor. And so the next day, I sat at Warner Brothers in the parking lot. I was twenty minutes early, and I read about John Jacob Astor. A fascinating character. Okay. The Astor family comes from near Heidelberg in Germany. Right. And they came to America and they uh, uh, traded first. Right. They bought most of Manhattan. So, fascinating character. The wealthiest man in America at the time. So I thought, this is interesting. Oh. So I go into the casting. She was there on time this time. <laughs> I came into this empty room, right. there's a little camera. Like your camera here. Right, right. Small little camera. And uh, she said, um, okay, read these two lines. I said, what the fuck can you tell from two lines? She said, okay, turn the camera. Turns it on. see the two lines. I said, keep rolling. Now let me tell you about John Jacob Astor. And I started talking about John, oh, what I just wow. read in the parking lot. Yes, yeah. Anyway. I love that. So I walked out and said, goodbye. I walked out. So, anyway, now they wanted me for it. I'm on the plane, LAX, right. plane to San Diego. And I reread the script. The only reason I even considered it is because my son, film director and writer, said, This is James Cameron. You've got to do I said, I don't give a damn what it is. My wife says, You've got to do it. I mean, there's James Cameron. I said, I don't give a damn what it is. Only two lines. Fuck. So I'm sitting on the plane, I'm reading it, and we were 20 minutes, they couldn't take off for one reason or another. I read the script, and I said, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> so I said to the students, come here for a minute. I said, can I get off? She says, well, is it an emergency? I said, well, no. Can't. It's okay. So we fly to San Diego. I swear to God. Get off the plane in San Diego, and I was supposed to read a sign called Titanic. Someone had a... Titanic sign there. That was the driver. Right. So I see this disheveled hippie <laughs> on hair, the sign askew like this sort of Titanic. <laughs> I said, well, this doesn't work well. So, okay. so I go up I said, hello. Very great. We drive through Tijuana. Right. So on the way, I said, uh, started a conversation. I said, where are you from? Oh, originally LA. I live in Tijuana. I said, oh, yeah. Uh, so, so, so he said, So, you're going to work with this big asshole? I said, (laughs) who? Oh, you know, the director. I said, really? Because I'm allergic to directors like that. I go right after them. Don't hold back. Oh, yeah, man. What an asshole. I said, really? So, we now drive through Tijuana on the way to Rosarito Beach. I know Rosarito. Right. So... Go to the hotel. I thought, what am I doing here? I'm just about to call my agent and said, let me get. I'm going to come back. I can't do this. I'm going to work with someone who's a dictator. Sure. So then they called me. And says, will you come to the set? for Wardrobe measurements and all that. Said, okay. So I came to the set and I thought, Whoa, what a set they had built. Oh I'm telling you that built the Titanic. No one completely. I said, oh, this is incredible. And then built everything down there. Water tanks, everything. It's just extraordinary. Wow. So then I came to the wardrobe department, man and a woman. Introduced themselves very nice. So the man says, uh, measuring me, he says, You're looking forward to working with the biggest asshole in the world? I said, hold on for a minute. I said, are you serious? Oh, man. I said, that's the biggest dick I've ever, I said, are you serious? I said, stop measuring me for a moment. This does not bode well. So then an assistant came and said, Mr. Braden, do uh, you come and meet the producers of the set shooting that James would like to meet? I thought, well, let's see. At least, good easy enough to do that. So I go to the set, talk to the producers, very nice. And suddenly behind me, Cameron says, I'm James Cameron. I'm so happy you're here. I loved you and da 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 da. He took the piss out of me. Mm. And I thought, very nice of you. So then I changed my mind. He couldn't have been nicer with me. Oh, really? such respect for the man yeah it's a brilliant director oh yeah absolutely brilliant director so then at the later stage I do a take with uh, Leo, Leo DiCaprio and, and the woman he was married to and they came remember we finish the take and Cameron says never and I'm ready to I said what do you mean never He says, that's the last line in Colossus film I did. Ah. Uh, Such a big fan. Yeah. I'd forgotten about that. I thought he was going to criticize me. Yeah, scene. sure. So, wonderful. What did you see in DiCaprio? A brilliant actor. In one little moment? No. No. There were moments on the set when we talked, Cameron and DiCaprio and I, and he would imitate various actors so perfectly. Oh. No. I said, this guy is a bold actor. Wow. I was blown away. Wow. He did imitations of actors. I mean, my God almighty. I thought, wow. Brilliant. He's a brilliant actor. So nice man. Brilliant
0: actor. So you just were in the biggest movie in history.
1: I didn't know that then. But Ami Archer from Variety, would interview interviewed me before for the years, yeah. called me and said, what do you think? I said, I think it's going to be very successful. He says, you're the only one who says that. Wow. He says, why? I said, it's a soap opera. It's a soap opera, but a very expensive soap opera.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: With wonderful actors. Yes. And it uh, turned out to be true. Then we came back had finished my stint there. You know, when I drowned, scene. Yeah, yeah, right. I was sketched at this, to be honest.
0: What? How, did they, how did they put the water? What? The, tell me that.
1: What happened is this. The night before, the assistant director comes and says, it's up to you can use a stunt guy, but James would like to use you walking up the stairs and turn at a certain time when water comes from the ceiling. Oh, man. I said, I will do it if we have about four or five dry rehearsals. I've been enough action films about yeah, my film, yeah. television shows to know how one has to rehearse it. Yeah. So thank God we did because there number of times that, oh let's do it again. So finally we were ready to do it. But they couldn't practice with the water. It was only a computer. Uh, And I otherwise the whole thing would have drowned. I get you. I get you. It was all a dry run. So now comes the real take. What they didn't know is that when the water came rushing in, from both sides, and at a certain point when I turned, 150 tons came through the ceiling. Oh, my God. So now the furniture was all over the place. It floats. Now, before the scene... I see all the camera people, twelve cameras. Right. I see the cameraman with diving suits on, oxygen tanks. Wow. I said, "Whoa! What did I get into?" when well, there was a ceiling. And well, was getting higher and higher and higher, was higher and I thought, I was panicked. Ooh, so, I can imagine. Really panicked. And then cut.
0: But you were under the water, like?
1: Well, partly not quite, oh. but almost. But I thought, if this. It went higher and higher until they said stop. Wow. They said cut.
0: But you don't know that they may not say cut. You know,
1: accidents happen, as you know. So um, it was scary. Wow. Then after that was all finished, I asked if I could come back with my son, my wife, and the girlfriend. They wanted to see the set. James Cameron couldn't have been sir that's amazing he stopped man. shooting he come here he took us to his trailer we saw the first five minutes of Titanic no and I heard Celine Dion's voice no yes and I said to him I got goosebumps I said you're going to make a fortune he says man mouth to God's ear I certainly hope so because they were patented. you can feel that I could I, I said, right then right there I got goosebumps I said you're going to make a fortune <laughs> That was the case.
0: So now, Eric, you know we have to talk about Y&R because otherwise I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> we talked about everything, but Y&R, how does it feel, Eric Braden, to just be able to have the same job and be at the level that you are for as many years as you've been doing it?
1: Well, I could ask you the same question. I, know, but, I know, for, but... for me, it is... Um, You know that I had to really work hard at accepting the medium. Mm. When I came in at first, I loathed it. Yeah. The amount of dialogue, the speed, and yeah. the lack of respect with which they worked, where they would count down. Ah, well, wait a minute. I said, hold a minute. You look at me before you count down. You got that? Yeah. I'm on fucking the screen, not you. Right. When I'm ready, we go. Is that clear? I had to say that a few times the first two or three years. Wow. And I felt what I feel in daytime, And the people who work in daytime, they feel a kind of a disdain for their own medium. Yeah. I used to feel that, and I resented it. I said, what you're doing, you're entertaining millions of people. Have respect for what you do. What you and I do mm-hmm. is harder than what anyone uh, yeah, yeah. who stars in a film does, what anyone who starts at nighttime does, what anyone who stars in a theater does. Yeah. What you and I do on a daily basis is the hardest job for an actor in this town. Yeah. In the business. Period, out, So I said, start respecting yourselves. In order to earn that respect, don't count down. Five, four, three, two, one. And don't even look at me. I said, Are you kidding me? You look at me. Then we shoot. Right. Is that clear? I don't give a fuck about the technical stuff. We are on screen. Our faces is on screen. We are being judged, not you. What about the stigma?
0: Well, of this of time that we don't get the, you know, recognition. We're like the then, last on, at the totem pole. We're,
1: but Maurice, yes. that is. That is based on ignorance, on not knowing I, what we do. I know. And I do. look, I've I've been I've done the other. I know you've shot in film, I've yeah. done nighttime, right, right, I've done the right. whole thing. This is the hardest yes. medium yes. in the business. Yes. So actors <laughs> who are in it, be yes. proud of it.
0: I'm, I'm with you there. Hey, proud you yes. Be
1: proud of what you but do. Be proud of what you do. But I want
0: the outside to be proud. To hell
1: with them. I don't oh, you, give a shit. You don't care. I don't to, give a Frank, fuck. See, about. you don't care. What I don't do. care about Hollywood things. I really don't. That's good. Couldn't care less.
0: Right.
1: I've done it for too many years.
0: I'm getting there, Eric. Know what it's all about. I right. couldn't care less. Right.
1: That's what true. we do, I know what we do.
0: But you're saying to the actors, embrace it,
1: respect it. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. Look at Michelle Stafford. She's a wonderful yes. fucking actress. She's yes. a wonderful actress. Yes. I mean, so many people that I know.
0: Are, she hasn't done uh, State of Mind yet, so anyway, go ahead.
1: Right. But anyway, uh, uh, I just. I'm
0: with you there. I'm such
1: with. respect for what some yeah. actors do. Yeah. We have a new kid, Mark Grossman, who plays one of my sons or whatever. And I saw them inundate him with dialogue. Mm. And I looked at the page and I said, my God, I wonder how this young guy's going to do that. Boom. Bam. Whoa. Bam. My head off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, 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 and Peter, or whoever they are, we, we do a really hard job. Mm-hmm. And we do it very well very often. And very fast. Are you kidding me? Yes. You know that we are now up to shooting over 100 pages a day. I'm sure you as well. It's insane.
0: It's insane.
1: My son, who's a film director, yes, I'm going to get into writer, that. Right, He says, How many pages? It's crazy. I said, Over 100. Yeah. Sometimes 120 pages a day. Yeah. You know how many setups we do. It's insane.
0: It's, it's, it's.
1: The most I have learned was 62 pages. I don't know about you the most.
0: No, I, mean, I don't even know if it's that much, but it seemed like 162 pages. It's just unbelievable. I, done. I want to talk about your son uh, because. Here's the way this goes, and then we're going to conclude it it, because this has been (laughs) like a whole dinner. Uh, I got invited by Eric to go see a movie that his son directed called Den of Thieves. Am I right? Yeah, Den of Thieves. Yep. With uh, Gerard Butler, 50 Cent, many actors. and I was like, okay, I'll go to the premiere. And, and, you know, like always, when you go to the premiere, it's like, oh, what if it's not good? And then I got to tell Eric that I got to lie to Eric. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to be like, Eric, it's really It's good job, man. Good job. So I go with Joshua, my son, who's also just a, a talent, and everybody knows that I, but it's the truth. Um, and we go. And I got to tell you, I'm... I'm watching this movie and and it is a great film and not just like, Oh, it's great. You know, no, it's like a, this, this thing and the acting was great. All the actors were great. The story was great. The directing was great. And I said to my son, you know, I said, damn. And Mm -hmm. The thing is, I didn't have to lie to you, which was great, because it was that good. How proud of you?
1: Very proud. And um, very proud. He, he, he went to UCLA film school, uh-huh. and he graduated top of his class. He had the actors, they will tell you, he had them work on the scenes on certain things, on weapons, for four weeks before. Dang. Every day with guys from the CIA, with guys from LAPD, with guys from SWAT, uh, so that they looked very natural. Wow. Uh, He learned that from me over the years. The sense of being, or the need to be as real as you can be. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's what we derive joy from, is writing this like that. When he said he wanted to be a writer, the director, I said, you now need to go to acting classes. Yeah. You need to feel what we go through. Mm-hmm. And he did. He could have become an actor. He didn't want that. He wanted to write and direct. And he has a very good ear for dialogue. Yeah. Very. And he's mm-hmm. written many a script. And so that's why he's also a good director. You know, it's. it's, And he knows physicality. He has yeah. a black belt in Brazilian jiu jitsu and he does Muay Thai boxing and all that stuff. And. Um, so he's a wonderful writer, and he's now preparing oh, he the sequel. It. Oh, he wrote and directed, yeah. yeah. Great dialogue. I give you a script one day. It's, it's yeah, wonderful. Day. And he's writing a sequel. He has finished writing a sequel. And They're going to do it now. They couldn't do it because of COVID for a while, and because they couldn't shoot in Serbia in Belgrade. Oh. and uh, so now it start. Hard prep, I think in about a month or so. Yeah, very proud of him. Proud of him. That's the best thing I ever did in my life. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. and you, just one son, right? You have grandkids.
1: Three granddaughters.
0: Aren't they? the? Isn't that just... I, adore them. I mean, I got two, and
1: it's... It's the best. <laughs> it's like... The best. It's the best. They call me Opa. Oh, they do? So when, when Tati calls me Opa, my eldest, she was just accepted to a top school and she graduated with a four point eight average. Wow. she rides horses. Uh-huh. She's a question rider. Right. Very smart but very courageous girl as well. And just yeah. you know, your heart melts and the little ones
0: There's nothing it. Nothing like it. No. Nah.
1: Nothing they, like it.
0: No. They help they help me uh, stay at peace. Yes. Absolutely. Enjoy the whole thing. Yeah. All right, Eric. Listen, I think we've we've covered every subject you known, more subjects than I have on this piece of paper.
1: There's so many more. <laughs> there are so many more. You know.
0: And I just want
1: to say, I'm uh, just interested in life. I know you are. I'm so great. interested in so it's, many things. You know. I mean, it, it, life it, is just so. In, and, and 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 Eric, the the thing that
0: that I can do here in this platform, which I I'm proud of is that we could have real conversations. Yeah, It isn't 10 minutes, you're gonna come in and say hi with it. We could just talk. Yeah. And, and with daytime actors, as you know, we don't get that opportunity very often. No. You know, so. Maybe that's good. It's a good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Right. So I just wanna say thank you. Uh, it's been great. Listening to you and all your... Honored
1: to be here. And and when the call came, I immediately said, yes, i do. Yes, you do. Great respect for you.
0: Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for another episode. Please be sure to download, subscribe, and leave a review.